Matt like Christian Pulisic's beard. We are back. It is the Box to Box podcast. What do we think of the beard, guys? Because I, I think he looked better with the beard. I get the rumor was that his grandmother didn't like it, so he shaved it off, right? And that was for a little while. Now it's back. I think he looks much better with a beard. He's, he, he's a beard guy, period. I would agree. I mean, you do what grandma says, but uh, I think he, he looks better with the beard on. Yeah. And a podcast that is four for four of people with the currently having beards <laughs> and one for four with people who can pull off a beard. <laughs> Christian Pulisic yep. is a beard guy yeah. and he looks good with it. We have like two of the four of us. We make two f- good beards. Brian has one and then you, me and Mike <laughs> make out the rest of the last one. Yeah, that's good. You put the three of us together. We've got what Brian's got going on. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. Maybe half of what's going on there. <laughs> You know, you can grow it on the face, not up top. Just, you know, how it is. <laughs> you, gotta, you can choose your battles. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> the only time I wear a hat is on this camera. So you know, that'll tell you enough. There you go. Well, unfortunately, Pulisic's form, his beard is back, but his form is not necessarily back. Um, you know, we talked last week a little bit about some potential transfer rumors. I don't think we thought any of those were actually really true. He ends up coming off the bench again this week. Not much there, but we hope that obviously Tuchel kind of brings him back into the fold a little bit because it does seem like they could actually use him at Chelsea. Um, so we, maybe it's a fitness thing. Hopefully it's not a, you know, him at Chelsea and whether or not he fits into the, to the, to the new manager's philosophy, but we'll have to wait and see, but we got a couple of things that we want to do here planned. So we got the usual crew of Brian, Mike, and Shane, as always, we're going to get to our best bets at the end as we always do, but we're going to talk about Gareth Bale here for a second. And that's going to transition us into a conversation about our, the players that we find the most exciting to watch outside of the normal, outside of probably 10 guys. That I think everyone would say are the 10 most exciting. We're going to give, are three guys that it might be a little bit off the radar or just personal guys that we like to watch. And this conversation stemmed from over the weekend when Gareth Bale just went off and basically turned back the clock and looked like old Gareth Bale again. And I had basically said that I think when Bale's right, he's still a top 10 player to watch period. He's the, he's one of the most exciting players in the world. The pass he had to Harry Kane, that assist was unbelievable with his left foot. He had two goals that were unbelievable. And, you know, it, I had tweeted out, and I want us to sort of react to this before we do the exciting players thing, guys, is that I thought that that performance from Gareth Bale was a, was a bad look for Jose Mourinho because Mourinho has been telling us for months, as this Spurs team struggles to do anything, even though they have a lot of attacking talent, that Bale, oh, Bale wasn't fit. You know, I can't play Bale. He'd play him against, you know, in the FA Cup against some, you know, you know, a couple farmers here and there, and that would be it. And he would always blame it on it being a fitness issue. But throughout the entire process, guys, Bale said it wasn't a fitness issue, that he was ready to play. And I think when he comes out and plays the way he did over the weekend, that shows that he should be, he should have been playing for this first team way more for a while. Am I overreacting? What are your thoughts? I mean, I don't want to say that we're the reason that this happened, but um, I said last podcast, stop playing with 40% possession against bottom half teams, sitting back, throw Gareth Bale on the right, and just play <laughs> attacking football against teams you're better than. And obviously no one could predict that Bale was going to turn back the clock like that. But um, I think it was a bad look for, you know, Jose, but at the end of the day, he's still going to take credit for it. So it's going to, you know, end up not really making a difference. Did he actually take credit for it? I know you, you had a quote or something, right? Cause that's what people were joking about saying, Oh, it's, you know, Marino's going to take credit for, for Bale's now new form that he was somehow the, the reason that Bale is back. Did he actually say that? Cause that'd be awesome. Believe what I read. And, you know, don't quote me on this was that, you know, quote him. Every manager in the world is going to play Bale when he's fit. And I think, you know, that's, that's his, that's an exact line that Jose would say is like, you know, there's reasons why I didn't do this. This was my, like, this was my idea. So it's taken him six months to get fit is what Jose's saying? 
That's what it's. Uh, yeah, it, Man, it, I know it's it not sounds super like a committed, typical Mauricio combat. You know? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it was a bad look for Mourinho there, just taking him this long to, you know, start a star player like that. And a lot of it probably has to come down to his ego, where I think Mourinho likes to make sure that everyone knows it's Mourinho's team. It's not the new the new guy coming back to, you know, the squad where he kind of lit it up seven years ago, but there was that whole like bust up a couple of weeks ago where Mourinho said like Bale left practice early just because he wasn't happy or in the right headspace or something. And then he wasn't even on the bench like, uh, like three weeks ago for a game because according to Mourinho, he wasn't happy or he showed up to training unhappy or something along those lines. And I'm like, this is weird. You don't send a professional athlete home because he's not happy you kind of I don't, I don't know it just Mourinho kind of managing bail the way he has been looks really bad now after he comes out and scores two goals and gets an assist the way he did yeah I mean the thing with Jose is he has his system uh, and he's really good at implementing his system but he's been a you know a terrible man manager over the last you know three stops of his professional career and he has not been able to get the most out of players and this is another perfect example of that you know, there is no reason that the talent that is currently not getting enough run out on, you know, that Spurs side um, should be a consistent, you know, occurrence for them. Like, there's no reason that Delhi and Gareth were missing so many games and only being relegated to playing in, you know, against Wolfsburg or in the Europa League. I mean, Delhi did score, what, two goals against them on Wednesday, I believe. Was it two? I know he scored at least one. Yeah, he's, I know he scored against them, but like, in, like, Sure, you can say, "Oh, that's the reason he got the start," but like, yeah, it's just it's it's nonsense. It's upsetting because you know this kind of it ruined the return of what was really you know he's essentially one of the promised sons of that Spurs side, and he's been so you know fun over the last decade to watch at times when he's been on his game. And yeah, you know we talk about it; he's not been overly committed, but he's still a top twenty world talent, and he should be treated as such. Do we think it's just Mourinho's ego? that's driving him to make these decisions or do you think he is there something else that we're not sure of that like makes him make these weird decisions or the poor man management like you said shane or is it just simply his ego and how he still thinks he's like the special one and knows exactly what he's doing and that's always kind of the right move to make well really quickly shane i I, to answer that question i think as time goes by his his tenure at Man United actually probably does look better and better when he said that that finishing second was like the biggest accomplishment of his career, which is <laughs> insane. It actually kind of was a pretty big accomplishment. I, I think I would agree with him there. But then I, then I also look at this Spurs team and I go, this team is top four. This, this is one of the four. They are incredibly talented with the attacking talent they have. They have a great midfield. Their defense is a little older, but they've got, you know, the Regulone's good fullback. I mean, Doherty hasn't really been healthy, but I don't love Surge, but it is what it is. And they have a really good squad. I, I just don't think they should be where they are on the table. And that's on Jose to me. I was going to say, three months ago, we were talking if they were legit title contenders. And if they had the three most fair. exciting, if they had the most exciting, you know, top three of Bale, Son, and Kane. Granted, Bale didn't play for two months after that. Uh, but yeah, just a couple of months ago, same, I mean, same thing with Chelsea, but we were talking if they were actual title contenders or not. And I said yes, so I'm yes. completely wrong on that one. <laughs> to address your question, though, Mike, or what you're saying is, I think it does come down essentially to his ego, and I don't, I don't think that the manager having an ego is uncommon. I think every every manager in the world that is 
you know, really good, has an ego to some sense. You could, I think Jurgen Klopp is an ego. That's why he has his tactics and he's had them forever. Pep, oh, yeah, every manager say, has an ego. You can say Pep's <laughs> ego's gotten in the way many a times when he tries to, you know, do some sort of tactic that no one's ever seen before. It doesn't work. That's clearly him believing something that, you know, he can do better than somebody else. And, you know, these managers are all going to have it. I think the difference with Mourinho is like, he's open about, you know, players being unfit or poor, like performing poorly to the media. And he says that type of stuff where guys like Klopp and Pep never say that. And so when it looks bad for Mourinho, it looks awful because it's this blame game and it has people talking like us, like whose fault is this? Cause we're hearing one day it's this one day it's this a lot of the stuff he says shouldn't ever come out, but I mean, at the end of the day, that's him. He's an entertainer. And I mean, I'm glad to have him in the premier league because without it, it'd be a lot less fun. Respect. <laughs> I mean, I can't wait till Ali and, you know, if we finish second this year, um, has the same highest achievement that Jose had <laughs> in only three years uh, uh, managing. So shout out to Ali. Uh, yeah, I think this would be, I mean, it would be a good achievement achievement for him too. I know there's, there's tongue in cheek there, obviously, but I, I actually don't think Jose was wrong. I mean, I think it was ridiculous to say at the time, but then I think, and then as time passed, you're like, yeah, that actually was kind of a, I think that was actually an accomplishment. That team I wasn't think, that good. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I'm going to still say winning the champions league with Inter <laughs> and Porto probably should be held up with a little bit more. Yeah. Soon, but. but I think part of like what, what makes Mourinho funny is that, and what makes him kind of like, well, I think he would admit that those teams are really good. And like, if he didn't win the Champions League, it would have been a failure, right? Um, but anyway, we did, this isn't a discussion about Jose Mourinho's resume necessarily. But why don't we do this? Why don't we move on? Because we want to, the, the bulk of the episode is going to be about the, the players that excite us the most, um, that we enjoy watching the most. And we're going to each name three, and they're going to be a little bit off the radar. I mean, off the radar, if you will. But I think the reason that we're going to name three a little off the radar is because we have a list that I think would you would say everyone is universally we universally agree on. So I'll name those guys right now. And then there are a couple guys that I left out because I tweeted this list out, and it got a, a, a good amount of reaction. But I left a couple guys out, and that got a lot of reaction. So I want to ask you guys about them as well. But the list I had of my probably favorite players to watch right now are Messi, Ronaldo, Mbappe, Holland, De Bruyne, Lewandowski, which I think are probably the most obvious ones. And then rounding out the top 10, I had Lukaku. I had our boy Alfonso Davies, because obviously we're a fullback first podcast. Uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold, which obviously we're a fullback first pod- podcast. And then I actually put Gareth Bale in there at 10. I still think with Gareth, if Gareth Bale is healthy, he's one of the most exciting players in the world to watch. I, I, he is must-see television, and we saw it over the weekend against Burnley. So that's my 10 um any dis i think we all agree there right guys that's probably a list of 10 that i think everyone could agree on i think there's a few that we would some you know particularly take off like i don't watch enough lukaku a lukaku to like really say you know he He, would be on my list but like for what he's doing this year i can like i'm not going to argue i'm just saying i wouldn't put him on my list but that's solely from not watching him Mm -hmm. i think i think it'd be dumb to not have gareth bale on his on it like when you see his goal his second goal like for how beautiful that looked, just the touch, the shot, the perfect placement with how easy it looked is like nobody, not many people can do that. There's a reason why he's as good as he is. Yeah. The issue with him though is great. He probably does belong in that top 10. That's like, you said when he's healthy, but the issue is like over the past, like three years, how much consistent soccer has Gareth Bell played? True. Is, it, is it, is it enough to throw up, throw him on a top 10 list of people you want to watch? 
True, but you go to those private courses in Spain and watch them out there. It's basically the same thing. That's yeah. true, too. Nice. And for basing people off the last three to years, let's uh, stay tuned to your list. <laughs> nice. I don't... <laughs> Wow, that's okay. a little that's a little look into the prior pod of discussions. <laughs> We've been, some of okay. not all of us were watching U twenty threes for the last three years. Wow. So. Some of us weren't. <laughs> Actually, I, I can't sit here and just act like I don't watch U twenty three Man United highlights. So yeah, Shane missed yeah, Shane's got Diallo on it. From the, from Shane, the you watch the U, Shane, you watch it. the U seventeen highlights, all right? Yeah. Dude, hey. That's some, all about those that's, that's, guys, that's some dad recorded on a high eight camera. <laughs> First of all, let me tell, talk to you about James Garner right now. No, nope, we're gonna put you. Like, we're gonna put. Right. We're gonna put the stop at this right now. Um, okay, that so that's the list. Um, you know, I think you could argue Lukaku to be 100 belongs on there. The dude is unreal at Inter right now. Uh, he's a freight train. He is a he's as Mike said before the show. Controversially, he's a beast, and <laughs> we. I mean, I just think he absolutely belongs on there. But there are a couple guys that I left off that I I'm not even. I'm not, I'm not trying to like um, put down their greatness or if I want them on, on one of my favorite teams because I would, but I just don't personally enjoy some of the antics or some of the ways that they play. And those guys are Neymar. I just don't love the diving. Um, I, Salah I put on there because I just recently, I think the diving for Salah has been absolutely insane. And then there, who was the other? Oh, Bruno, uh, Bruno Fernandez, obviously the Man United change boy. I think if I'm a United fan, like I love watching Bruno. He's, he's amazing. He's obviously the reason that they're probably going to finish second. And the reason that you should have hope in the future of United fan. But if you're from a neutral perspective or like you're playing United, he's, he's a rough watch. Cause the penalties don't help. And I know that's not his fault, but they don't help. But also he's just rolling around whining to the refs the entire game. It's just, it's personally not for me, but I wouldn't argue if someone wanted to put them on their list. So those are three guys I didn't have on my list. Like, do you guys think they should be in there? Shouldn't Do you feel the same way as me? Where are we at? Well, so for Neymar, I kind of feel very similar to you where I don't like watching him play, but I always watch those PSG Champions League games because he's like that car crash that you can't look away from. Where Mm -hmm. like, I love- That's a good point. I I watch Neymar to hate hate Neymar. Yeah, exactly. So I see like how often he dies, how many rolls he's going to do after he falls down. Um, And then obviously he has those moments where it's it's really brilliant and it's really good uh, soccer to watch, but I'm watching it because- I I'm I'm hating him while I'm watching it, but yeah, I could see obviously how people really wa- like watching him play. I mean, I I have him on my list for players I'd like to watch because even with the diving and the antics, there's still things that he does that nobody in the world can do, mm-hmm. and those those to me, out, the ability to be able to see that once in a while outweighs the the antics that he does. They're annoying. I hate them, but some of the stuff like it's just it's just out of this world like the goalie in the champions league group stage was just absurd like stupid like you're not going to see players do that and obviously my bias is here but like the Salah and Mane stuff I watch them I know that they go down easy but like they're so they're so individually brilliant in different ways that like they'd be on my list but I under, I understand why it's the same reason why Bruno wouldn't be on my list is the same reason why Salah Mane wouldn't be on yours. Mm. I would take Salah. If I had to pick one, I would take him. I think he's this, some of the goals that Salah scores are absurd. So there's no, there's no taking that way off of his resume. I mean, his left foot is, is, is insane. And I think Mane is a little bit more of like a sort of straight line guy. And that, that's not even describing his game in the right way, but I think Salah is a little bit more skilled and I would much rather, I'd, I'd rather watch Salah if I had to pick one of the two. Um, Shane, I guess defend your boy. Um, yeah, no, I've said it before. Uh, Bruno's a bastard. 
and and you know he's someone who holds not only the refs accountable but he holds his teammates accountable he's yelling at you know the forwards to make a run he's yelling at the defense to you know increase uh, the depth that they're standing at and that makes us a better side but i'm sure it's hard to watch from the neutral it's also hard for united fans to watch him rip shots from 35 yards away but at the same time he's someone who's so talented that he's going to bag a couple of those and we'll you know forgive him for you know wasting a possession or two every other game yeah, I, I take him on my team every day of the week. It's not, this isn't a question of talent. This is a question of like what your preference is when, as, it, as it comes to watching stuff. So, um, and that's always subjective. So it is what it is. And we each have our own list. So why don't we do this? So I think those are probably the top tier guys. And if, even if you want to include the three guys that we mentioned later that were up for debate, that's fine. But we're going to debate sort of the guys, the next tier of guys that might be a little bit off the radar, might be not be like top world-class players, but guys that we like watching week in and week out. And, you know, we'll just sort of, I guess, comment on it from there. So, we each have three, um, and I guess like we'll just go in order here. I don't know, Brian. You want to take us away with your first one? And there's probably going to be some overlap here too, because there's obviously you know we, we watch a lot of the same players. But once you go, well, first. I'll start with my first one because I know you're going to hate it. But um, <laughs> my answer is my, my answer is Latan for, for oh yeah. because hey, I wrote That's him good. down because okay. I just think like what he can do is it's so unique and. The goal, the goal, obviously, he's you know a bit past his prime, uh, you could say, but he still scores these ridiculous goals that these scorpion kicks that I you can't you can't imagine other players doing. Um, there's also like a 50% chance he's going to get in a fight with somebody. Yeah. Um, but I just like he's so like uniquely acrobatic in the goals that he can score that it's it's there's a reason why he's one of my favorite players ever and it's just insane that like he could do that on any given basis and he can still do some of those things at his you know in his later years right now what's funny about Zlatan did you see the story like he's leaving well he just got hurt by the way against Roma he's he's been in terrible form recently but it's actually a really good shout because you're right Zlatan is star power personified he is that guy even if I don't love him um it's not about him as a player I just don't like the the arrogance and the attitude necessarily because that's a different story for a different day. But do you guys see the story that he is leaving AC Milan for like a couple of, for like almost a week to go to a music festival during the middle of the season? He's going yeah, to like the Sam Ramo that. music festival. And oh, they're just up, like, yeah, I guess just leave. Yeah. It's basically like the Italian version of Coachella, I think. And he's, he's, he, he had it when he signed with them. He's like, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be leaving the team during this. Cause I want to go to this music festival. So that is actually happening. So only Zlatan could get away with that. Wait, <laughs> is that why it, he's not going to be playing against us? No, he's hurt. He got hurt against Roma. He got hurt. Isn't oh, yeah. it? It's an Italian music festival or a Swedish music festival? It's in, it's Italian. It's in San Remo. It's Italian. Yeah, um, I don't know. Listen, I'm sure, it's a great time, but it's just hilarious <laughs> that like only Zlatan would be able to do something like that, which I guess adds to his aura. But that actually is a really good shout, Brian. It's kind of like the Dennis Rodman effect, right? Just go to Vegas for a week. Let's go to Vegas for a week. Get, yeah, get your head back you know, on. Get your yeah. I mean, he listen. He's, he's what? He's forty, so he's got to yeah. you know some some athletes. He's, he's forty. Like, he's like you, can't, you can't miss Coachella when you're forty. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um, <laughs> Uh, I don't think there's really any debate there. That's actually a pretty good one. So, Mike, why don't you take us? What's, what's, your, what's your first one? Uh, my first one, which you guys aren't going to like either, Here but he's um, he's the reason why like I tune into Newcastle now, and it's you know <laughs> Alan Saint Maximine, who I've been following since he's been like 18 <laughs> years old. Uh, Newcastle, I mean, like putting him on your FIFA squad and your correct, and that's how I find that's <laughs> yeah. how I find my young French people that I like, including you know Benjamin Mendy before he came to yep. the Premier League and w- stuff. While like in Cyprian, who didn't work out, now plays yep. for Parma. Yeah. So now I, uh, you know, I've been following him <laughs> since he's been on say entity and 
you know, that's why you watch Newcastle games because Newcastle is playing very terrible soccer. It's not right Steve now. Bruce, I'll tell you that. It's, 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 it's definitely not Steve <laughs> Bruce. Um, you know, but he he had COVID and it's hit him pretty hard. He's had a tough time recovering, but now he's back in the squad. And I'm I'm enjoying watching Newcastle games again just because, kind of like Neymar, he could kind of pull off the incredible from time to time. Granted, it's a lot less frequent, but he's someone I like to watch and I like to root for. So that's, you know, and Newcastle's always kind of been my second premier league team that for some reason I decided to, to root for it. So hopefully they stay up this year. I just have this great image of Mike on his phone, swiping through finding young French people. He likes <laughs> now. It's just Eva Tinder. Just Nope. If you're not from France, yeah, you guys, you're out. You guys, exactly. <laughs> no. Under um, six feet? No. Yeah. The problem with with St. Maximin, I would say, is you're, you mentioned it, Mike, is it's just not frequent enough. He's it's so not inconsistent. Enough. Correct. But yeah, like those spark moments are wild. It's like, it's like uh, maybe somebody will have him on their list, but like Adama Traore to me is, is, in, the, is in the same class. Like he's mm-hmm. once a game, maybe if you're lucky, you get to see this amazing play, but then he just, it disappears for the other 89 minutes. Okay. Um, so that's why, I mean, I just, it's not ridiculous. He is exciting. Um, but I wouldn't be like, I need to watch Alan St. I certainly don't want to watch Newcastle. And I definitely am like, yeah, Alan St. Maximum. If he's on, it's fine. If not, I'm not going to really worry about well, it. Well, that's the problem is like you're watching when you watch Alan St. Maxim, that means you're watching Newcastle. And that is a big enough. <laughs> that's the issue. Negative hey. to, you know, stay away from it. Yeah. So hopefully he goes to a, a slightly more attacking and better club at some point in the future. Yeah. Cause he's so, he's still super young. So. All right. All right. Shane, take us away. What's your first one? Um, my first one currently right now is, uh, is Jack Grealish. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. That's I have Grealish too. I put him on my list, so we'll double up there. Yeah. I mean, we can kind of talk about this. Like, I think he makes Aston Villa worth watching. Um, and you know, yes, they have some other nice pieces and Ollie Watkins has been kind of fun to watch. I like watching, um, again oh. and uh, cash, but <laughs> like, man, Ross Barkley, all of a sudden, all these bad been in bad form, but he's actually been way better than expected for them too. Yeah, but I think the thing that like kind of all I can describe it is when they need a goal in the last fifteen, he gets his usage rate, and I wish I wish that I wish the soccer had a usage rate because that'd be really interesting. Yeah, his has to be through the roof. Yeah, it would be like <laughs> Russell Westbrook in OKC yeah. with no other yeah. stars level usage rate. I mean, it would yeah. be just absolutely. So, like, so like he gets yeah, the James ball Harden every <laughs> year for the past eight years. Yeah, I mean, Grealish gets the ball immediately. Almost just on every that left single side. Time, just every single time Villa have the ball. The thing with yeah. Grealish too that's so cool is, is not only his play, which is fun. He has like this really good flair to him. Um, but also he looks, like a, he looks like a peaky blinder. He has like the thickest thighs and caps you've ever seen. <laughs> His hair is slicked back. He wears the shortest shorts in the premier league. Sure uh, Oliver too. McBurney might have him. <laughs> okay. Other than yeah. maybe Oliver after, McBurney. after watching Sheffield, I was like, Whoa, I didn't know they made shorts. These short. <laughs> Whoa. Like, check out those thighs. They make <laughs> no, that's weird. Um, anyway, but yeah, no, he it's, it's it, Jack Grealish has an aura about him. And that's, I think it's not only his game, but it's him. It's like this character. It's kind of Zlatani, but in a different way. And you're so I have him too, Shane. So I'll piggyback off you. He does go down pretty easily, though. He does have that. He does. Him. He's one of those guys, though, that gets. You know, I think there are guys. He gets kicked who, a lot. He gets exactly. kicked a lot. And then you, there are guys that go down a lot. Like I think, like Jaime Rodriguez goes down a lot, but he also gets the shit kicked out of him every game. So it's like, okay, I get it, but also, you know, he's being targeted by the other team constantly, especially at Villa when he's like their only playmaker, really. Um, so I don't really blame him enough for that. But you're right, he does go down a lot. How many? Uh, how many more years is he at Villa for? We talked about this. I don't know yeah. if I don't know if who's paying who's paying to get him out of there. He's, he's priced take a lot out. Of money. I mean, he's priced out. I think. 
It'll be, it, it, it he's gonna, he's on, gonna have to ask for the move. It's gonna have to be on him. It, I mean, it really depends on where where they finish this season, who they, how much they invest in the club. Aston Villa is a big club, and it will be interesting to see what they're what they spend in the future and how much um, the club is investing um, back into them to see if he's worth staying around. Um, they currently, I mean, they're paying their manager. They have the lowest, uh, I think, salary for a manager for uh, Smith. So yeah. we'll see. Yeah, that's a good one. I think, uh, why don't, I'll go, because I had I had Grayler, so I'll go, I guess, and I'll give my number two, and I'll kick that off here. Uh, I have Ashraf Hakimi on my list. You guys who play FIFA know that I love Hakimi and FIFA, but he is, he's basically the right-back version of Alfonso Davies, right? He's the right-mid, like, attacking right side, right-sided player. A um, little bit shorter in stature, but just as electric, and... Honestly, he's probably he's probably able to be showcased more in that inter-system because he's really playing like a right wing back, right mid position, whereas Alfonso Davis is playing left back. So he still has probably more defensive responsibilities. But Akimi is just a bomb up and down that right side of the field. He scored an unbelievably skilled left-footed goal against Roma earlier this season. The guy to me, I mean, I, if you're starting a franchise, if you're starting a team with, you know, right backs, right wing type, those type attackers, I mean, it's, it's Alexander-Arnold, it's Akimi. Like those, those are probably the two guys on that list. I'm sure I'm forgetting somebody, but that's the list. And um, I think, you know, Antonio Conte is a guy at Inter who doesn't really play a lot of attractive football. He's kind of boring, plays three in the back. He's pretty conservative. But a guy like Kimi is what makes his system be able to work because he is so dynamic in doing those things. So I have him and he was phenomenal at BBB last year too in that kind of that similar role, maybe a little bit more defensive responsibility. So you've got like two plus years of him being a high level producer for really good teams in Europe. Hakimi to me is absolutely on this list. And we love fullbacks, so there you go. Yeah, I mean, love he's, he's kind of good. a fullback. He's sort I mean, of a of those, hybrid fullback. Any of those attacking wingbacks, like if they have talent, they're going to be super fun to watch because they're going to be all over the pitch. They're going to be, you know, it's kind of like he's not the same, but like I think there's a good shout for like Jao Cancela right now because mm-hmm. he can do everything. He plays every position now, it seems yeah. like, because he's kind of just like that free free roaming fullback. But like one thing about Hakimi midfielder. Yeah. I was say, he's a fullback like, who plays, who plays attacking midi when they have the ball. It's weird. What's wild about Hakimi is really just like, how the hell, why the hell did Real Madrid let him go for yeah. so little? That's like, what Real Madrid so did stupid. with no buyback. So ridiculous. Too. Yeah. Yep. I mean, they only got like enter like paid 40 mil for him. That seems like a steal. Yeah, like for a guy who's 21 or whatever. And like, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, who wants to get uh, Brian? Well, t- uh, or, go ahead. Go ahead, Mike. I was just saying the exact uh, kind of going with the same exact kind of feel toward that with uh, attacking wingbacks because uh, this is you know like you said uh, fullback first podcast. I'm going to go with Brian's favorite FIFA player, Ferland Mendy, uh, because he's he's like to me. He's in your favorite players to watch. Have you did you watch the Atlanta Real game? His I goal? did. Yeah, I mean his goal yeah. was nice, but you know, uh, that's off his weak foot. Goal, so know. he's two he's two footed. Okay. He, he cuts in. He uses his right foot. Uh, then he could whip in a good cross with his left. Uh, and again, when it comes to attacking fullbacks uh, in Israel, so they have, you know, 80% possession most games. So he's always kind of in an advanced role in those good positions. And it's just fun to watch him overlap. And it, the exact opposite of watching Newcastle, you know, you're watching Real, so it's a good, it's a good team. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll watch Verlin Mendy play wing back uh, pretty much anytime I can on champions league. That's fair. I'm a little, I'm a little shocked by that. He's, He's really good. He's a really good player. It's funny because he replaced a guy in Marcelo, who I think would probably have been on this list in his prime. That guy was phenomenal. Oh, yeah, for oh, sure. Yeah. Um, just like flair-wise. But it's mostly the fact that Mendy could go in and you know hit those rip, hit those top corner shots with his right foot as well, which is technically his weak foot, you would say. 
So yeah, and like everyone uses him in FIFA, so that's probably why you like him too. That's but, true too. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's definitely why. <laughs> now we get to the truth. There you go. Uh, Brian, give us yours. What's number two? Um, well, so I'm going to go back to the Premier League and not go with uh, you know attacking wing backs, but um, I'm going to go with Son because. Mm. He's so it's funny. It was, I was going to say it before, but um, the perfect, I was almost going to say a different guy, the perfect middle ground for the St. Maximines, the Adama Traores and the Jack Grealish to me is the Wilfred Zahas of the world. Uh, he's not quite Jack Grealish, but he's above, I think St. Maximine. I'll put yeah, him on there, but I couldn't, I couldn't in my right mind put Zaha on there when Sun is on the list, because as much as Tottenham can be a low possession counterattacking team, it's annoying to watch. It still lets Sun be the guy on the break that is going to have to take on a whole team himself. We've seen him do it before. Um, he's just electric. He, you know, everybody can kick outside of the boot, but that pass he had to bail for that goal was phenomenal. Um, he's just, I think if you're looking at Tottenham, the combination him and Kane is just phenomenal, but I would rather watch Sun any day of the week, just, just because of the, you know, yeah, the pace he has and just what he can do all across the top. Yeah, he almost he's on this list in spite of of Jose Mourinho. Yeah, and I, yeah, and I would that's say fair. that that's fair. And, and I would say that you know Kane is great, but Kane is Son is way more exciting to watch than Kane. Mm-hmm. Um, and Kane does a lot of really good things. He's a good passer. He's been really an all around forward, but he's I don't think he's the, he doesn't have the excitement level you do. And like when when Son is on the break, it's exactly. just awesome. It's so yeah. fun. To yeah, watch. yeah. I was gonna say when when Son is running on a counterattack, it's terrifying. If you're playing against Tottenham, yeah. but uh, yeah, just watching him as a neutral is, is really fun to see him in the open field. Cause again, he's one of those guys who you could cut in on both feet. Doesn't really matter right or left. And yeah, on that counterattack, he's so devastating. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, Shane, give us your, your last number two, your number two here. Um, number two, I'll go back to the Premier League and um, someone who, has made a, a staggering amount of uh, appearances for his current club, uh, and that's Ruben Neves. Um, I really enjoy watching the number eight for Wolves, um, not only because he's, again, he's one of those big personalities because he's so fiery, he's so kind of loud on the, on the pitch, um, and he's surprisingly only 23 at the, at the moment, but he's also capable of just absolutely battering the ball. Uh, and coming up and scoring big goals um, for a team that really needs them. Um, so for me, it's kind of that enjoyment of watching someone who, next to Amatino, really um, kind of pulls all the strings for that Wolves side, uh, but then also kind of has that he might do something amazing at any moment kind of uh, tangibility, which kind of just makes it exciting to watch for a team that's not been very exciting to watch week in and week out for the most part. Yeah, he's a guy who I like like Graylish, although not as much. So I thought would have maybe have tried to make a move by now to, to go to a bigger club. And there was some rumors about city, but he seems like he has a good home there, obviously at wolves, but his, his level is when he's on is probably higher than wolves uh, as a team. He was a Porto guy, right? He, he was. was. Yeah. yeah. He, was Porto. he joined uh, wolves when he, uh, they were still in the championship. Yeah. It was like this whole thing. He's one of those guys who are Shane. You just said he was 23. You could have told me he was 33 and I would have been, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're probably right. He's 33. I had no idea. He and Matinho are the same age. (laughs) Yeah, it's like him and Matinho are just like he's just like his younger brother. Um, It's funny because like if what you're saying, Shane, is if you look at like 
you know, if you ever go to highlights and it's like, oh, Ruben Neves scored, there's like a 50% chance it was from 35 yards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Actually, probably like 75% chance. It yeah. Was well outside. He of the never box. shoots in the box. Ever. <laughs> yeah. He did score. He did score a header this weekend. So. Oh, look at that. Hey, look at that. From 40 yards. Rounding out his game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Let me clo- we'll close this out um, with our last ones. This is my number three. As I said before, I had Akimi and Grayless too as my first two. Uh, I'm going to go with Drace Mertens. This is a guy who is now kind of in his early to mid thirties, but he's Napoli's all-time leading scorer. He can play pretty much every position up front. He, he, he had this weird Renaissance where he was an attacking midfielder. And then when they lost Higuain Napoli to Juve, he became like a false nine sort of center forward type. And his, and he's, he just went on a goal scoring spree. He was completely transformed his career. And he's been this prolific goal scorer for like the better part of three to four years now. He's just a joy to watch. He's one of the most creative players. Like the way he, you know, he he almost reminds you of like a sort of a South American player. He's Belgian. He's, he's a Belgian, obviously, but he kind of reminds you. He has that flair of a guy from from South America, and he's you know shorter guy. He's only like five five. Guy who really sort of embodies like what the spirit of that Napoli team is. You know, he and and uh, Insigne and all those guys. So I had to pick him because he because again, it's, it's surprising me that he is Napoli's all time leading scorer, and he just seems like a fun guy to be around too. Period. He's like got great style. His, uh, his, his, his social media game is good. So all of that taking that into account, I just love watching this guy on a week in and week out basis. And, you know, he's, he's been doing it for a long time. He's, he's, he's probably at the end of his career, but I just think he needs to get a good shout because he uh, he's so versatile, so good. And he's deadly when he's playing up front. That's a great um, shout um, that, that team when it was him, yeah, he's number one supporter over here and Insigne was just so fun to watch. Um, especially with Calion's mustache. Um, yeah, I think yeah. it's terrifying, but yes. <laughs> yeah, they had like what, a front line of like tallest player was 5'4". <laughs> yeah. yeah, and Signe is not not a tall guy, um, but they uh, – Napoli have played, and I, they need they just need to be given credit. Like they they're, they're run really well. They're, they're a shrewd team. They're notoriously impossible to buy from, basically. They only do things on their terms. And, uh, you know, they've, they've been able to, like, guys love playing for that team and that fan base. So, I don't know. I just think he's kind of the embodiment. Like, I think some people would say Insigne because he is from Naples, from the area. But to me, nobody, I mean, from for a foreigner to basically embody that team, Dries Mertens is that guy. And they've been one of the most fun teams in all of Europe to watch over the last five or so years. So, all right, Brian, give us your, uh, your last one. Well, I'm going to go, you know, kind of opposite of what we've all been talking about. And it's, you know, the – Besides Ruben Neves is uh, everyone's, you know, attacking electricity is uh, I'm going to go with, you know, someone right at home and that's Virgil van Dyke. And nice. I'm putting him on there because obviously, you know, I Liverpool supporter, but I love, I love defenders. Um, I think that if you watching a good defender, if you just follow them around the pitch and see what they do is just, it's unlike anything else. And his, his, obviously he's hurt now, but, his run from 2018 to, you know, before Project Restart last year was the best defending I've ever seen in in soccer ever since I started watching. He it was he wins every single header, whether it's midfield, own box. He is faster than almost everybody. And the amount of times I saw guys like Raheem Sterling, a perfect example, try to beat him down the sideline, get beat by two, two or three big steps and then knocked to their ass. Just, it's just such a joy to watch. He has the goal scoring threat off the corner. It's, it's insane. Like being able to watch a center back like that week in, week out makes you appreciate just like how good 
good center backs are. It's just so, it's so mm-hmm. ridiculous. And I like, I'll take that any day of the week. Yeah, that's good. I mean, it gives you a whole different perspective of the game because if you're watching on TV, you know, you rarely get to see what defenders are doing when they're not being attacked or something like that. But something like someone like Virgil, he's constantly yelling, constantly putting people in the right positions. And yeah, if you're going to take a center back, you have to take Virgil as kind of the one to watch. See, I would actually go, I'm not even criticizing because I, I think you're right, Brian, but if I'm picking a center back, I want a center back. That's like a badass MFer who is you want going to probably get a red card every like 20 or so games. And I think Ramos is that guy. I think you could argue Chiellini's that guy. And I mean, he's a little bit older. Both of them are a little bit older, obviously. Mm-hmm. But those are like – Van Dyke is a better center back right now than both of those guys. But those two guys are like rough and rugged, and you know shit's going to go down, and they're probably going to be like ble- – well, in Chiellini's face, he's, uh, he's probably going to be bleeding at the end of the match, which is <laughs> just like – I, I, I guess if I'm watching and I want to watch a defender – it's a guy that's going to put in like a, like a 50, 50 tackle that might be kind of dirty, but also like if he's on your team, you love this guy. So to me, Van Dyke is almost so good that he's too clean. Like he's too good. Um, where like that's he's, partly he's almost why boring like to watch like, because he's way, he, he's, he doesn't even ever get in trouble. Well, so obviously like, you know, the bias here and watching it more is why I have it, but it's crazy. Like what I like about watching Van Dyke is it almost looks like he's playing against children at times because of how how much like bigger and stronger and faster than he is a lot of players. But I think if I was talking, if you're talking like to somebody who no bias aside, who would you, who, who should you watch? I mean, the answer would be Ramos because there's a good chance he's going to go hard on, you know, a tackle (laughs) every he's, he's, he's going to have the best chance to score as a, as a center back. He's going to take the penalties for some reason Mm -hmm. and be really good at them. And he's probably going to do a nice chip Paneka goal. So, I mean, I think, you know, those are the center backs you want to watch. For me, it's just with Van Dyke, just a different swagger that is just I, I had never seen as a, as a center back. You know, I was used to Martin Skirtle coming in, trying to kill everybody on the field. Yeah, the thing you even <laughs> mentioned about Van Dyke, though, is his passing range, too. is incredible. Passing range, yeah. He's he's great on the ball. He's, he's good at everything. He's just yeah. absolutely good, borderline great at everything. Yeah, I would agree. All right. Well, just glad we got one center back, I guess, in the equation. I think that's the best part. We were debating whether or not that was a thing. Happy for Van Dyke's the best one in the world. I'm, I'm not going to argue with you there, Brian. So, uh, Mike, why don't you give your last one? Uh, yeah. Speaking of uh, random things and center backs, I'm going to go with a goalkeeper here. Nice, and if, uh, if we're watching him, that means we're watching what I think is the best team in the world, Bayern Munich. So I'm going to say Manuel Noor, uh, but not only because of just like the presence that Manuel Noor has in his goal, but the fact that he's a goalkeeper who plays basically at midfield when Byron have the ball in the attacking half. And uh, he kind of sits just behind those two center backs and he plays up. He could pick a really good pass out. Not quite as good as you, as Allison or Ederson might be able to play, but he's still, you know, out and about kicking around that they're not afraid to pass in the ball back. Uh, and of course he has those weird, you know, reaction saves that I think makes him the best goalkeeper in the world when it comes to those reaction saves. Cause he just, somehow makes his body so big all the time and can get two saves that a lot of people just can never even think about getting to. Yeah. I'm not, you're, I'm not going to argue with you there. I think he's a blast to watch. Actually. He's probably the only goalkeeper I put on this list. Really. Even though you mentioned Allison yeah. and Ederson being better with their feet, Norris is the total package. He brings the most, and like, he's just the German flair that he has is great. I mean, Oblox may be a better shot stopper, pure shot stopper, but he's not that exciting to watch. I mean, especially with Atletico, Brian, you can attest to that. So I think Neuer, if you're going to pick a keeper, he's the guy. He has to be the guy. I mean, whenever there's like a there's like a good chance in every game for newer that he's going to have like a clearance header from 40 <laughs> yards out of his own <laughs> box. And that's enough to have him be the, the number one keeper. 
Yeah. Plus you got plus Alfonso Davies is on that same page. So that's double bonus there. There you go. All right, Shane, close it out. What's your last one? Um, I kind of was stuck on this idea of like enjoying guys that are still kind of doing it at a top level. Um, from when I really started uh, watching the Premier League at a high level. Uh, and I really wanted to put Juan Mata here, but he just doesn't get enough run out uh, these days because he's super enjoyable. Um, but someone who I think when he does get a run out and it's not has been super consistent, but has been uh, in a good bit of run of form recently is Olivier Giroud. I oh, look at this guy. Oh, bangers only club. <laughs> <laughs> I really, first of all, that is a handsome man to watch. Oh. Uh, so aesthetically, been, right off the bat, just 10 out of 10. First of all, I mean, Ruben Neves, Olivier Giroud. I mean, pretty common theme here. So it's just good looking. Jack Grealish, they're rounded yeah, up. Yeah, <laughs> it's just all 10s across the board here. <laughs> and, but no, Olivier Giroud is someone who he is just your typical, you know, target striker who. Honestly, we don't see too much of anymore in today's game. And he's just, he's just amazing at poaching, finishing. Uh, and he just, he's fun to watch as far as how he positions himself, how he always will like put his back into a defender. And it's the way he plays the game that's really fun to, to watch because it's not the way a lot of strikers play it. It's certainly not the way any striker currently at United play. So watching it in contrast, um, just the way a lot of strikers play the game today, um, it's really fun to watch, and yeah, he's you can call it the occasional banger. He uh, he wasn't fun to watch in 2015, 2016, when I think he went 20, 20 games without scoring a goal in the league. Mike, maybe you guys just didn't just, appreciate him say, enough. That might I be mean, more of an Arsenal I mean, problem than a little. I mean, that's that's the year that's the year Ozil had like eighteen assists by Christmas. So I don't think it was the team's problem there. Mm. Mm. But, <laughs> I don't know about that. I'm not going to blame Olivier Drew for that. Okay. He's he's clearly thriving okay. in his post in his post Arsenal <laughs> life. <laughs> Remember okay. that Europa League final? Mm. He scored four goals in a Champions League game this year, didn't he? Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Guy's unbelievable. Um, and he seems <laughs> like he is like undervalued it by by Chelsea. Uh, yeah, I mean his scorpion kick, his scorpion kick against Crystal Palace is probably the best goal I've ever watched live. Yeah. Happen. It was the it was the week that Mick, like it was like a week after Mikatorian uh, scored the scorpion kick that was like definitely offsides and they ended and up then... giving didn't they give mikatarians <laughs> the booskis too yeah they did <laughs> classic yeah, wow. united they can't they pay it's the amazing. Off, then they pay the board it's a, off. yeah it's always united uh, i was gonna say great back to it was like a weird year to have two, two of the premier league scorpions yeah that we'll ever see at the same yeah. week no, both guys just had to leave their club to thrive. It is what it is. Um, all right, so that, I think that's a good list. I think we had a good – I mean, I don't know. The only one that I that we really laughed at was St. Maximin, and that was mostly just because of Mike's background. But I think we did an all right job. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know if Ruben Neves is really going to drive me to watch any games. That's probably the see, one. Yep. No, I, could yep. see, I could see why Shane would pick him. But This is also coming from the guy that picked Benjamin Mendy as the best player in the Premier League. So, you know, you got to take yeah. things with a grain of salt. <laughs> That which which yeah, let's clarify. That was Shane, not me. Yeah, that, yeah. I'm sorry, Mike. I didn't mean to drive. <laughs> well, let's give him yes. some slack. He didn't say he was the best player in the Premier League. He said you take him first overall in a draft. Yeah, to build into what else? What else could you mean by that? Like, like I mean, his idea guys, was fullbacks are changing the game, and yep. I'm going to take a young one that plays that attacking style. I think what Brian's really just trying to say here is, is I was on, 
I was <laughs> on the fullback trend way before you guys. True Love is blind. Yeah, but it was wrong. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd like to say that I, I was on the fullback trend way before you guys because I played fullback. <laughs> That's true. Hey, here here, here go. we go again. Can't argue with that. Again. Guy plays one game. Jeez. So, well, let's go. just say that oh, I, I was not <laughs> an attack. Uh, it was his collarbone, Steve. Sorry. Right. Excuse me. It my was bad. My shoulder, but thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Even better. Even better. <laughs> All right. Enough of Brian's injury history and reliving high school athletics. Why don't we? Uh, why don't we get to the, the the segment? Probably everybody listens to because this is the segment everybody makes money off fading us. Uh, that is best bets. We were two and two, I believe, last week, Mike. We were one and three, and then two and two. We were one and three in midweek, and then two and two weekend yeah my bet i would like to say was bullshit the i had the over in the atlanta game over one and a half it was a bullshit red card in like the 17th minute that totally screwed that over so i know bond you're listening shouts out to you man you won that but i feel like that was fraudulent so take that um but uh, all right, we got another as, as bad as brighton missing two pks that was pretty bad too <laughs> yeah. two PKs and a disallowed goal yeah <laughs> that was pretty zero, bad zero so we had I some don't... bad beats the luck is not on our side but we're the tide is turning but i guess for now still keep fading us and that's i mean if you listen if you've been fading us shane's five and 19 so you're where is it probably turning? buying an island yeah. somewhere where's the tide turning the tide's turning back hey. in well the, yeah. tide, the, 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 the tide's the tide's shane. turning because we went two and two over the weekend we went one and three exactly three weeks but also the tide is turning because if you just like look at the sheer odds of it shane you're five and 19 that like that's impossible to keep up that level of bad bet <laughs> sounds like a shane, challenge shane will prove us wrong <laughs> that is like i'm not it's hard it's as it's just as hard to go 19 and 5 as it is to go 5 and 19 i'm like i'm, I'm giving you credit here that's actually kind of impressive um and we're clearly helping people because they're i fading, can't wait for so. shane to be 10 and 38 it's gonna be great so uh why don't, don't we do I... this why don't we let since we've had no luck in the order that we're going, why don't we let Shane go first? Shane, we'll just do it. We'll go in reverse <laughs> order. So it'll be Shane, this Ryan, Mike. This is what well, we needed give, to do. Give, it. give the people the fade block first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> go ahead, Shane. Give us your, this. Yeah, so we're doing, just, to be, just to clarify, we're doing midweek game bets. We got four, yeah. and then we're going to do four weekend. Yeah, bets there's well, so there's what pack. there's seven Premier League games between Wednesday and Thursday. Yeah, yeah we're so doing you got, those. You got block there, and then a block for the weekend. Yeah. So Shane, take it away. Midweek. Yeah, and I wish I. Yeah, I wish I could really tempted to but i'm gonna go it's it's nothing too uh advantageous but i'm just gonna go try to get something on the board uh get to that six and 19 mark mm-hmm. um and i'm gonna take everton nine. over west get those, Brom. get those positive vibes back yeah uh with my for my midweek uh game so okay that's everton over west Brom. shane what happened the last time you picked everton straight up to win not great Right. Okay, just wanted just wanted to run into that, that that minus two oh six pick you had. I don't if feel we, good about that. <laughs> if we if, if we look at any trends, um, there's no good trend right now. So <laughs> except fading you. <laughs> uh, okay. Everton. All right, I don't love that bet, but here we are. Uh, Brian, take it away. First bet midweek. Um, I'm gonna just ride the Bales back train and take nice. uh, Spurs over Fulham minus one oh eight. They're away, but. I'd like to think that Tottenham, uh, Tottenham found a new formula of maybe we should attack and that should help them against a 19th place full, 18th place Fulham side. Feels like there's a really good chance that Bale doesn't play for a while. Now. Oh, there's a there's a really good chance that he's going to be benched for like yeah. two to three weeks. He won't even be in the 18. Tottenham will have 38% possession against Fulham. Fulham. Just Maggio with another brace. Fulham, not like terrible. One. Not terrible. Um, still in the relegation zone though. Mike, all right, what's yours? All right, uh, this is a line that I thought is a bit weird because the odds seem a bit too good. Aston Villa plus 105 just to beat Sheffield United. 
Um, Sheffield United, again, worst team in the Premier League by far. Can't win a game. Aston Villa, a very solid side. Um, at plus 105, I'll take those odds to win, which means it's this is a trap game for sure. Sheffield Definitely. Sheffield easily draws. It takes the win here. Definitely. Um, all right, I'll close it out here. This is I'm going to take Liverpool to beat Chelsea just straight up. I'll take the money line. I think it's plus 125, so it's, it's good mm-hmm. odds. Uh, Liverpool are home, which isn't really necessarily an advantage these days. but That would be a disadvantage, be. yeah. Um, but my only rationale here, guys, is Liverpool kind of need to win this game. This is a really important – if they lose this game, they're four points behind Chelsea in the race for the Champions League. Um, and I just – I kind of feel – I and you're, you're going to ask me who do I trust more in this game. I don't care how bad Liverpool have looked for like two months now. I still trust Liverpool more than I trust Chelsea at home. Um, so I, I'm afraid this might be a draw, but I'm going to, I'm going to give Liverpool cause I like the odds. All right. And that'll, that'll, I guess that'll be our midweek bets. And now we got a weekend bet. Shane, take it away. You're first again. I have a thing to do is just call draws across the board here, but, um, <laughs> I didn't want, I want, I was tempted to take Leicester in the midweek games. Um, but I'm going to give him a couple of days to get a little bit healthier and I'm going to take him against the team who can't figure out a way to score. And that's Leicester over Brighton. Okay. Okay. That's plus one sixty five. So that's very high odds. That is. Um, make all that money back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't love that, but here we are. I don't know. Is what it is, Shane. It's your prerogative. You're right, Brian. What's up? The bets we don't love are the ones that always end up hitting. <laughs> yeah, the ones that I liked your Brighton bet last week, and obviously that was a terrible situation. So there you go. Yeah. So what I say um, means nothing. I'm gonna get into <laughs> another a nice little a guaranteed trap game to go along Mike's line. Is uh, I'm taking. Southampton, which is a good bet because they haven't won in the league since December. Um, so it's about time. But, uh, but they are plus 120 at Sheffield. And as Mike said, hasn't changed much in the last 30 seconds. Sheffield is still the worst team in the league. Um, Southampton's awful now. They, they were a top four team that is now 14th. Um, I'm actually shocked at how much they dropped. But they're plus 120. Uh if they want to have any hope for even making any noise the rest of the season in terms of trying to get back into the, the top half of the table, they, they have to beat Sheffield and rightfully they should. They were terrible against Everton. I think their first shot on goal was in extra time. So um, not great. Perfect. Perfect reason to pick them. <laughs> Let's do it. Uh, Mike. All right. Uh, going to one of my most exciting players to watch. I'm going to take Newcastle to beat West Brom. Um, over the weekend now i'm taking him with the asian handicap and it's plus zero so basically if it's a draw there's no bet uh, so i'm going to take the uh, even odds for just newcastle to win and then a draw is going to be a push that's got big sam shit show written all over it <laughs> yep. one nil nip one left late in the second half to win one nothing there you go um okay uh, i'll close it out here guys i think i i'm going to take villa uh, wolves i'm going to take over two and a half in that game my rationale is I think both teams can score. Wolves give up goals. I think both teams probably do score in this game. I see Villa winning this 2-1, maybe 3-1. So give me the over two and a half goals in Villa, Wolves. And that means it'll definitely be a nil-nil draw. So um, as always, everybody who's fading us, enjoy. We appreciate it. And uh, make sure if, if we're making you money, at least like, like, rate, subscribe, review the podcast on wherever your platform is. Give us a little bit of love. Help us out a little bit. It goes a long way in help building the podcast. So for providing you either just – you know, enjoyment from listening or actual money based on how bad we are betting. Please just do that. That, that goes a long way. Also give us a follow at box to box show on Twitter, but uh, guys, a bunch of games, midweek, bunch of games uh, like the weekend. We'll be back next Monday to break it all down. I think what do we have Europa league action next week too? What's up? Oh uh, yeah. That's next league week. Europa league. It's all bad. League and Europa league. Love to hear that. So uh, we'll be more back next Monday. To breaking it down. Yeah. More <laughs> bets. Exactly. So uh, we appreciate everybody listening. We'll catch you next week.
Yeah, cheers, boys. Mm-hmm.